The Good Podcast is brought to you by The Good Meals, healthy, ethical and sustainable ready meals delivered straight to your door. No need to sacrifice your health or values when pushed for time or there's nothing in the fridge. Head to thegoodmeals.co, that's thegoodmeals.co and select from the growing number of delicious dishes and have them delivered straight to your door. Zero fuss. The Good Meals are free of nasties and preservatives, no bullshit, just the good stuff. This episode is brought to you by Holistic Performance Nutrition. If you're looking to further your nutrition study, start a new career, or just learn some cool shit, then HBN is the course for you. HBN offers a range of options for your nutrition study, from foundations of nutrition science, right through to full training courses to become a holistic and performance nutrition coach, or holistic and performance nutritionist. Also, short courses in ketogenic nutrition science, the business of health practice, and functional mycology, and much, much more. Head to holisticperformancenutrition.com and enter GOOD into the coupon code to receive 10% off your course fee. My guest today is Aaron McKenzie from Origin of Energy. I've long been a fan and admirer of Aaron's work and philosophy. It was Anthony Milicello's seemingly miraculous return to rugby league after a serious back injury under Aaron's tutelage that sparked my interest 10 years ago. So it was lovely to catch up with him after all these years. I strongly recommend checking out Aaron's live Facebook workouts every Monday to Saturday morning at 9am. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron McKenzie. Well, thanks for taking the time, Aaron, to join join us on the podcast. Um, I know you're incredibly busy and, and passionate about what you're doing at the moment, so thanks for taking the time. Mate, I, I've got, I want to share with you um, how I came across you, because you've been talking about this sort of holistic health, the importance of good sleep and nutrition for a long time, right? How, how long have you had your studio? Studio here I've had now over 10 years. 10 years. And that's going well. I've been a coach since I was 18. Yeah, right. uh, I came out of um, out of I left school very young, thirteen. I kind of dropped out. Like skateboarding, had lots of older friends, and they were um, kind of just ditching school, or whatever. And uh, so I kind of jumped on board with that. And then I, uh, around sixteen, I kind of realised that this is not the way forward. And I actually got a skin condition all over my body. Right. And uh, that really shifted me. And I was, you know. It's, experimenting with drugs and eating really badly, eating McDonald's, all of the things that teenagers do. And um, I had this condition and you're very self-conscious at that age. So I was you know, freaking out about it, trying to do something about it, doing the rounds of dermatologists, doctors, all of that. And until I came across a naturopath that I um, got some decent advice and she said, look, you've just got to change what you're eating. And she gave me a you know, she got me to do a food diary and then kind of coach me through it with a few sessions. Yeah. And this was, yeah, when I was 16, 17, 16. And then from there, I, I got the best response compared to all the drugs, everything that I was putting on my skin. And it just kind of, I felt alive. You know, my body came to back to life and I felt uh, optimistic about life. I changed my whole perspective. I started doing martial arts, started going to the gym and just uh, got a part-time job. I still wasn't at school. And then I ended up going back and doing my school certificate, doing my 
high school certificate and then did a certificate in design at the same time I was working throughout and it just really that nutritional kickstart really yeah. made a, a massive impact and, and that made me realise you know, that I have control over my life, that I can make day-to-day choices that will influence the quality of my life, that I, you know, all my little choices add up and then over time I can transform. So I was going to the gym, I, you know, I got muscular, I uh, got fitter, got stronger and I could feel the changes, people could see the changes, the food I was cooking. From 16, I started cooking all my own meals. Yeah. And uh, that was just so powerful because I realized, okay, I can make choices of what I put in my mouth and it changes my physiology. Yeah. And that was so powerful that no one could change that perspective yeah. within you, you, me, you know, you even though full, that was a long ownership. time ago. That's, that's uh, going, what's that, 23, 24, 26. It's a long time ago, 26 years ago. Yeah. And um, you hear people, oh, nutrition doesn't matter or whatever and all that. You know, when you have that type of experience, it really just puts a fire in you and just makes you realize, hey, you know, this, this is real. This is happening. And, and my nutrition wasn't perfect at that point. I was still figuring it out and it's evolved constantly over the years. But just going to whole fresh foods and being more conscious and preparing foods myself and eating my own meals was enough to transform my physiology and my outlook and my mental perspective of life that, you know, at that age, you know, a lot of kids get depressive, they're emotional, the hormones are jumping around and it really stabilized me, transformed my outlook, which is so powerful. Because I I kind of had a similar um, experience in that I, I, I stuffed my back in 2005 and yep. it took me until about 2000, end of 2012, 13, that the, the penny dropped and that it needed to be, I was trying to fix myself for about six or seven years through a mechanical way. To me, it was a mechanical injury. So the, the remedy or the solution was a mechanical uh, modality. So massage, stretching, acupuncture, osteophysio, all, all the sort of traditional. Yeah. Um, with, with, pretty limited success within that seven year period. I might have like a little slice of sort of, you know, more mobility and less pain. Um, But overall, I I wasn't moving the needle until I looked at my nutrition, um, which was 2000, end of 2012. And and quite like yourself, like my my nutrition wasn't terrible, but I could definitely see sort of where I could improve. And by improving yeah. like systematically avoiding certain foods and embracing others the pain reduced the mobility increased and uh, i sort of got my life back but i coming before i got to that point myself i remember this is how i got into following you and admiring you um i remember reading soon after i got my injury a- anthony minocello got something of the similar nature yeah. Which, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, Anthony is a, you know, a fantastic rugby league player, played for the Roosters for many years. And then he got yep. his sort of, his ability to play got rudely interrupted when he got this back injury. And yep. then in, in a relatively short period of time, he gets back to playing in the full team. I was like, how has he done that? And how have I not done that for so many years? And so I, I yeah. traced all these news stories back and it came to you. So 
So I was like, yeah. okay, well, well, I need to go and see this guy. I need to go and see Aaron McKenzie from Origin of Energy. Like, he's obviously got the goods. So I went to see... I think I booked an appointment. I might have just walked in, and you weren't there, unfortunately. I saw yep. one of your um, colleagues, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, look, I've got this back problem. had it for, for a number of years. Um, and the first thing he asked me was, what's your nutrition like? And because I hadn't... that that wasn't pivotal in my mind. It was, I was still in the yeah. sense that it's gotta be a, a mechanical solution. Mechanical. I was like, what? Yeah. Why is he asking me what my nutrition's like? Like, the that? yeah. And so Why at that I point know? I was like, oh, it's a shame Aaron's I not here, but I, I'm gonna go. And then it took me another, I don't know when that was. It was probably, probably around that first year you're open, I'd say. And it probably took yeah. me another two or three years for that penny to drop. But that, since then <laughs> I've, I've been this long-term admire about what you're doing and now you've you you sort of you've all this time you've been talking about this holistic health um paddock to play which you know I, i'm obviously behind you chronologically but yeah the discussion the groundswell around around that is is becoming sort of um finally coming through finally coming through and you you must be sort of going you know rolling your eyes a little bit but you're probably you're probably grateful, uh, grateful for that groundswell, you know? You know, you just got to be patient. <laughs> 20 years of patience. Yeah, no, it's, it's right. My first soil, plate, first soil to plate workshop where I had uh, Marty Boats, who's a, a good mate of mine, and we uh, we decided we'd put it together. And then Anthea Calurus is an amazing naturopath. We decided to put this event together. Um, and that would have been... 16 years ago maybe longer 17 18 and um you know we were going around visiting farms i spent a good three-year period just visiting all the farms within maybe a five-hour drive of sydney so and the, i just the fell chef, in love with this whole, long grain. whole process yeah from and marty from long grain yeah, yeah. amazing guy yeah um, he's still doing amazing things with that whole kind of concept and yeah. made the got on the property and made it happen it's just beautiful yeah but uh it it was just so obvious to me um that you know what people are eating where it's coming from the soil it comes from the process of growing it all the things that go into it was the path to health um, and finally like you said now people are starting to get it you know that good soil makes good plants makes good animals makes healthy happy humans and and 20 years ago i was right into you know from a I did the Czech certification and one of my key kind of role model role model and mentor teachers was uh, Paul Czech and phenomenal guy bit out there in, in a lot of ways but um, you know I love the guy he's amazing what he's done and uh, but he was big on uh, you know whole foods and really promoting the work of Western A plus and that led me down the path of Western A plus foundation reading Western A Price's book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, and every page in that just just, said, just confirmed what I already felt previously from 16, that, you know, my nutrition was pivotal for my health, and that, uh, you know, people need to get into this, and getting a human being, you know, this is what I, you know, came to realize that all a human being is, it's an expression of this ecosystem and the environment that it's connected to. And if you want good health, you've got to connect yourself to a good ecosystem and a good environment. Mm. And that's the relationship you have with the people around you, the movements that you do to navigate that environment 
and the food that comes out of that and how well and how healthy that environment is you know how well does it harvest sunlight converted into food the water that's in that environment air quality the, the soil health the capacity for it to recycle nutrients the law of return so dead matter returning to new life returning to make organic matter in the soil and for new life to sprout and then the human consuming the plants and the animals from that ecosystem and being an outgrowth of that the yeah. ultimate the ultimate expression of life on this earth and the meaning of life you know we're trying to know ourselves and understand this experience and all of that was just so evident and so clear and i'm still trying to figure out a way to express that it <laughs> doesn't make it you look like some, yeah like some simple way of just helping people understand that they they're not alone that you are an expression of that ecosystem and you're interconnected with the environment and in the modern world like i'm sitting here in my gym in Bondi junction and my connection to an ecosystem is through the food that i eat obviously the air that i'm breathing here the plants that i've got around me um you know the the water that i drink that's filtered that's got minerals in it and the sun that i lie in that i walk in and the, the, the people that are around me, that all of those things are me. I'm not separate to those things. Yeah. I'm one and the same. Um, and then within my own ego or whatever that is that makes me feel separate, I make choices as to how I interact and how I think and feel about those things. But ultimately, the physical body that makes me up is that. Well, we, we is quite the often... food that I eat at Dom's farm, is the, you know, the meat that is consumed that comes from the animals that eat the pasture, that the pasture reaches down with its roots into the soil that draw those minerals out, the sunlight that shines on, the air that's there is coming into my body. And people want to get healthy, you know, we can't go back to being in tribal cultures and societies where we protect our territory and that's our expression. But in the modern world, it's who do we support? Who's farming? Who's, Who's farm are we connected to? And most people are just shopping at the supermarket just have no idea and even all the you know the so-called health gurus are eating food from all over the planet you know all these superfoods coming from farms that are ruining the soil and mm. you know tilling the soil to grow these crops these plant-based agricultural crops that are monocultures they may be organic by then whatever but it's still tilling the soil and ruining the planet and they're eating from all over the planet and it's such a contradiction to this thing so or, or it's, um, a- a- eating it's eat- not that i'm anti that completely but the bulk of what we should be eating should be local and should be where we where we are within a three three hour driving radius at least mm. um, and that's more than possible it doesn't matter where you live on the planet do, do you find because because what you're describing is this enormous complex layered textured philosophy it's a philosophy right it's an atti- yeah. attitude to how you walk through life, how you navigate yes. what path you choose and the choices you make along that path. So do you find that that for some many people is either too hard, not suggesting that people don't understand because it, really it's not that complex in, in, in cerebral sense, but I'm just trying to think of your clients and, and my clients in the yeah, past. Yeah, they they want to lose weight, they want to feel strong. They want to get healthy, yes. so can't can't you just give me a hundred burpees? Can't you just flog me? Yeah, you, totally. won't, won't I get to those it's goals cool. quicker? So there's this sort of 
push and pull I'm sure that you find I'm, I know that I did with my clients because they want yeah. they want the quick fix they want to lose five kilos by the end of the month all that sort of stuff and you're like well slow, slow down a little bit um, you know you need to embrace this this and this change isn't going to happen overnight all, all that kind of stuff like do you find that there's that sort of ebb and flow push and pull definitely yeah and it, and it takes time because um it is a complex kind of perspective and there's it's a system of systems and they're used to having a an isolated perspective on life a compartmentalized you know this part this part this part and that's all i focus on but it's you know you have to step back and look at the bigger picture of how everything interacts if you want to find help you know and sometimes with people i've got to take the mechanical path and build some trust and build a relationship there first then i can transition into uh something that is more holistic and that opens them up because once they once they go okay this guy really like i've capitalized on my my knowledge and understanding of anatomy and physiology in the body and the mechanics of movement to try and break through in these other areas of life that i feel are just as important if not more important so the fact that I can talk about a movement and break it right down and demonstrate things and my, my body's fit and strong, it gives me some type of, um, you know, kind of a, uh, position, credit, mm. it, you know, yeah, totally. It just makes me a bit more credible to them to say, oh, maybe, maybe he does know something about these other things or maybe I, maybe I should listen to that. And, and um, also probably for you being, trust being there and yeah, the credibility being consistent there as well. He obviously understands movement and and how um, to get results choosing the right exercises and whatever. So maybe there's some truth in these other things. He sounds pretty passionate. <laughs> he's, um, you know, whatever. He's, and he's, he's willing to live that life. He's not just regurgitating information that yeah. he's read online. And he's, he's actually, you know, and that's why I opened this studio was to have a kitchen and a gym side by side. My previous studio to this was my lounge room. I did that deal, I think, for five years or so where the lounge room, open plan kitchen and lounge room, and used to run workshops there and train clients there, do small groups there. Because I felt, you know, I just wanted out of the typical gym, which was such a disconnect. It was like a nightclub. It wasn't connecting food and fitness and farming together. There's just, there was just nothing. It was just people going there and just trying to look good and, but this, even you know. your even when I first saw your studio in Bondi Junction, I remember thinking, "Wow, that that guy's got something very novel." In that, yeah. you know, at that time it was pretty much all fitness firsts. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't boot camps. Um, uh, boot camps. Um, CrossFit kind of wasn't around. Yeah. You, no, you, no, you in my mind was the only sort of yeah. boutique gym. Yeah, um, and also just having that it's clear from the times that I walk past and it's clear from the Instagram and the Facebook sessions that you're not there to smash people, which is kind of refreshing. Right. You know, there's this sort of mentality in the fitness industry that the harder you work, the more, the more input, you, the, the greater the output, but it doesn't really work like that. Not at all, not at all. I mean, if you're healthy, you want to move. If you're eating well, you're sleeping well, your relationships are good, you want to train hard. You feel like training hard. And you can train hard because you can respond to it. Mm. You're only as good as your recovery. 
your workout is just a stress stimulus. So yeah. if your body's stressed out and you add more stress to it, you just break down. It's just yeah. pointless. Yeah. And yet you watch people smashing themselves, you watch trainers do it. And, and I, you know, like trainers don't understand because most of them are in bodies that feel pretty good. Uh, so they can't relate to people that don't feel good. You know, they can't relate to people that have been sitting in a chair for X amount of years that have got sore backs or, you know, have got huge amounts of stress, mortgages, whatever, because they're young, they're in their 20s. So they train people like they train themselves. Mm. And then they just push them harder. And people think that that's what they need. They believe that they need to have this intense workout to get a result. And it's really the opposite. They need to use movement to nurture their body, to stimulate it into being able to move better, feel better. And then once they've got good sleep, got good nutrition, and their cells are functioning better, they can adapt to the stress. Then you can start training harder and you get a better result. But any stress stimulus that's greater than than what you can handle is just abuse. It's self-abuse, plain and simple. I mean, I've been villainized for whatever over the years because I've called people out. And I remember when I was younger, I, and it was quite an aggressive, awful thing to say, especially in a community here that has lots of um, uh, Jewish people, you know. And it's, and it's, you know, I said something, you know, in a workshop where it was, you know, it was a big kind of um, presentation. There was lots of people there, and I said, you know, a lot of people are being trained like they're in a concentration camp. They're just beating them down, and it, it, we don't need to do that. We need to nurture and love people. But the, the first part of that, the nurture and love didn't get heard. The first part got heard. It's like, what would you know? And I actually had a Jewish partner at the time. You know? So it wasn't it wasn't anything racist or anything like yeah. that. It wasn't saying that, you know, like, this is what it is. It's just to try and help people realize there's no point beating ourselves up. You know, we need to nurture one another. Yeah. We need to nurture ourselves in our own mind. And we need to stimulate the body into good health and you know i've tried to convey that message over and over again but you still see people out there just looking for that quick fix and i think a lot a lot of that comes from when you're in your 20s and late teens and even for some people early 30s beating yourself up gets a result like you can push yourself hard and your body responds well so you think more must be better you know if it's not working anymore, I'm in my thir- thir- mid thirties now. Like, okay, I just harder. gotta go harder. Yeah, I've just gotta force myself harder. So they get a trainer because they can't. Their body's saying no, 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 and they're feeling like, oh, this is not right. But in their mind, they're going, no, this must be right. So now I have to pay someone to yell at me instead of yelling at myself in my own mind. So they end up, you know, just getting more and more abuse and beat down, and to the point where they don't enjoy exercise anymore. They run out of options. Mm. You know, they start out with running but then they can't run because their knees hurt because it's beating them down then they start cycling and then that doesn't work so now they've got to start swimming my shoulders hurt um and, and they might have started with boxing or whatever and that, that hurts and they can't do that so they're just exhausting every option but by the time they've gone through all of those they've totally broken their body mm. and then if they're they're training as a compensation so they're maintaining a leaner body because they're overtraining and they haven't dealt with the alcohol they're drinking or the crappy food that they're eating, then all exercise is is compensation for those bad lifestyle habits. Yeah. So then when they run out of exercise options, it just gets harder and harder and worse Compound. and worse. And then, you know, the mind doesn't function well either because, you know, it's, it's dependent on this healthy body and hormonal system. And when the body's hurting, it hurts to get going every day, you need more coffee, you need more stimulants. 
body's breaking down, you've got more back pain, you've got more neck pain, you've got more shoulder pain, the joints aren't regenerating, life is just miserable. And it doesn't need to be that way. You know, most people think, oh, it's just getting old. It's not getting old. You've been abusing yourself. You need to start yeah. loving yourself. Can I ask, yeah. you clearly have the nutrition down pat and the exercise and you get out, um, you have good relations with your partner and friends and colleague, uh, clients, no doubt. Obviously, stress is a big um, driver of or health of, or otherwise. How do you, what are the sort of tools and the tricks that, I'm assuming you kind of manage stress reasonably well, but I'm sure yeah. you, I'm sure equally you're not bulletproof either. So what, no way, what, what are some I'm, of the I'm strategies? Lucky. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I learn more every day. I stuff everything up. How, how does your uh, stress manifest? My partner all the time, my wife, and arguments with my four-year-old son. I'm human, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I'm bulletproof. But, but, you know, I just keep getting up and just keep trying. And I, I think that's the main thing, keep refining it. But my basic routine is, you know, two good meals every day, get seven to nine hours good sleep, just try and relax while I eat. You know, I'm in this whole kind of carnivore elimination process. And that's quite extreme, but that's because even though I was doing all these things and trying to nurture my body for the last 20 years, I still overtrained. I still got addicted to the, you know, and, and that's part of what I was talking about before. My credibility came from my ability to have X amount of muscle mass or being able to do these workouts and movements and show off or whatever. And I was addicted to that as a, as my identity. And that, um, that was self-destructive. It was overtraining, it was um, pushing my body too hard past the point of what it could recover from. Yeah. And then in order to maintain, like now I'm 80 kilos, I got up to 100 kilos at one point yeah, wow. of just trying to be as big as I could. And you can look at YouTube videos that it looks like I ate myself, you know, big, da, da, da. Um, but you know, in that process of overeating, even I was eating all nutrient dense food and um, you know, I was in my bodybuilding phase at three liters of raw milk a day, 30 Whoa. raw eggs a day, a kilo of raw meat, then two meals on top of that. I did that for six months straight. Wow. Um, just trying to get as big as I could. Just how, how did you maintain a degree of leanness? Um, I was still pretty lean. I, I wasn't, I was not like I am now. I was, you know, probably got up to around 15% body fat. So I was never overweight or anything. Yeah. You know? It was all good food and it was quite hard for me to do that. Like I was just every day just forcing myself. Just lifting um, heavy. I wouldn't recommend it at all, but that was just, you know, the younger me just trying to prove myself. Um, but in that process of just, you know, overeating all the time to try and have a bigger body, to look more impressive as a male, to try and have that credibility or have that as my identity. Um, even though I was eating good foods, it still took its toll on my digestive system. So I think from years of doing that, uh, there was some level of abuse uh, that occurred to the point where about three years ago, I started getting symptoms of an autoimmune condition um, where I got getting psoriasis and uh, inflammation in my body. And I was already doing like a paleo, you know, I've been into this whole thing a long time, you know, Western yeah. advice eating 20 years and just eating yeah. mostly animal meats and, you know, preparing all plant foods effectively. But the transition occurred uh, when, you know, those options just weren't seem to be working anymore and I just had to keep refining it down. And I saw the carnivore thing maybe three years ago, two or three years ago. And I'd, I'd seen it before that actually, 
because um, a friend of mine, a good friend, um, Blake, um, he was, he's into all of this stuff and he's been into it for a long time. And we used to joke around just saying, you know, we don't need to eat vegetables or plants. We just let the animals do it for us. You know, they, they're the nutrient condensers and they've done all the work. So I just eat them and let them go around. They can do all the ruminating and chewing on stuff every day and I can just you know, make my life more effective. And we always had that kind of joke. But I still had a certain amount of plants in my diet. And, um, and I was just, you know, and, and in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, you know, I don't think taking them out completely would be the right choice. And there was always something, you know, uh, saying, no, I should just keep a certain amount there for good health, the microbiome, all these, you know, uh, plant phytonutrients that I need, all of that. And then I started reading and researching, you know, maybe, maybe there's some, maybe I don't need them. And then I tried it. Um, but I was still having chicken and pork and all different meats and eggs. And I didn't really feel it made that big a difference to um, my psoriasis and all of that, my inflammation. Um, so I kind of did that for a couple of months and I felt like digestive wise, I felt there was a little bit of a benefit, but then I kind of just started adding plants and veggies back in. And thought, oh, that must be beneficial, vitamin C, fiber, all of this. And, but I'd still, I'd been open to the fact that fiber wasn't necessary um, a long time ago and it wasn't as important as people made it out but then all the new research on the microbiome just kind of said you know you know you need a certain amount all of that so and I came to it about a year ago or just over a year ago and I thought okay I'm going to do this I'm going to give it a good try you know and see what happens and I'm into the whole you know eating regenerative meat and yeah animals that come from you know an ecosystem that they're building topsoil so Ethical Farmers is awesome, what he's setting up there. I've been following Joel Salatin for, I don't know, 15 years or something, yeah. um, and into this whole thing of building topsoil and um, perennial grasses that pull minerals out of the soil, out of the deep in the earth and bring it up and build a healthy ecosystem and eat that ecosystem. So I decided, okay, what's the most environmentally friendly, the healthiest thing I can do? I'll get half a body of beef break it down, put it into a chest freezer, into stainless steel containers, I'll get it delivered to me uh, in containers that I just transfer into my stainless steel so there's no plastic. And I'm just gonna eat one, and I've got a whole body of beef with Dom, who's the guy from Ethical Farmers and we halved it. And said, Which, that's all I'm gonna eat, nothing else. That and all the organs. Unfortunately, the way he got it broke down, he can't get all the organs. So I had to get some beef organs from another body but basically that's all I ate for eight months straight, nothing else, that. And I had a half a body of beef and two bodies of lamb. And so just ruminant animals. And that's what I made my body out of. And that was a commitment that I made to myself to say, would this work and what would happen? And will I maintain good health? And fast forward that eight months and all my health markers improved. Yeah. I did stick to 800 grams of meat per day. So that's all I had, including bones, fat, all the meats, which was probably a little bit little, a, lo- a little bit less than what I needed. So, but I just wanted to stick to the experiment and see what would happen. So I lost a little bit of weight. I came down to around seventy-seven kilos, as opposed to my normal weight of around eighty kilos. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I went back up to a kilo, or whatever, my weight came back up. But I maintained it that whole time because I wanted to see if it was kind of a setting point and if it was just an adjustment period to digesting it better, all of that. But it was quite profound. I mean, oh, really? I. I lived with six months of no psoriasis, nothing. 
And it wasn't until I started experimenting and bringing plants back in that it came back, right. um, which I thought was really interesting. So now I'm going through this process. Because when you look at plants, they're always a double-edged sword. So, you know, whether it's phytates, whether it's histamine forming foods or foods that have histamines in them or foods that uh, stimulate the bacterial production of histamines, whether it's oxalates, whether it's um, salicylates, whether it's FODMAPs, every plant-based food has a side effect that all traditional cultures figured out, not because they knew the science of it or the science of the time was their traditional methods of preparation, soaking, sprouting, fermenting, cooking for in a particular way, preparing a food in a particular way to make it more digestible. Um, so that way the human digestive system could handle it. Whereas meat is just something that your body just, you know, if it's especially ruminant meat and organ meats, uh, besides the tougher cuts, which you need to slow cook or whatever, or to chew on for a longer period, um, or, or the collagen that, you know, you can use broth making techniques to get, get the nutrients out of and slow cooking techniques but all of it's highly bioavailable without any side effects. Um, the next stage, I'm actually getting it today because I've, I've alleviated everything, but I got a, a, slow, a uh, pressure cooker uh, because I've been doing all my method because I didn't want to waste one bit of the animal. So when I break it down, it's all broken down. So I'm eating everything, all the bones, all the connective tissue. So I had raw the first day when I defrost, second day with a little bit more defrost. So then I'd sear it on the outside. The third day I cooked all the way through. Anything that's a chewier cut, chewier hang on, cut, hang on. I put what, back what, in the freezer and then I'd slow cook that. So what, yep. what, what are you eating raw? Ah, uh, the meat, everything. So, but it's partially frozen. So the whole meat I ate, the whole body I, on the first day, so say so these containers, they're three kilos. I take it out the first day, I'd eat everything raw. The second day, I just sear it lightly on the outside. And then the third what, day, what I cook cuts, it all the way though, through. What cuts are talking about? Um, and then that's all the organs, all the fat, everything, oh, uh, okay. which which is quite controversial. But once you freeze things, and I knew the source, it's not like I was having mince meat from yeah. whichever you know factory coming out of wherever. But um, very healthy. All that. I, I wouldn't recommend it to people unless they know the source and they know yeah. the process. So the big thing with this as well, which is very different, is that that animal is processed and straight away cut up and frozen straight away, not aged at all. Mm. So no histamines forming. Um, but that's what I'm getting onto now is that why I'm going to pressure cooking it because when I do my whole broth technique, I have all the slow cooked meats um, and the bones, the bony tougher cuts, and I have all the meat off the connective tissue. And then all the bones, I would do in another two day broth. So you have it uh, in water, no um, salt added when you do the broth with the bones. So you get a bit of pull on the minerals. And I did the eight months without any acid. So usually I add apple cider vinegar, which I've gone back to now, so you get more minerals coming out of the bones into the liquid. Um, so I did it that period, but still it's a, you know, 24 hours for the slow cook on the first part, then another 48 hours I do on a broth. So you still end up with all these histamines. So that's a, a problem for a lot of people and, and me. And when I was doing the strict carnivore diet and just doing a small amount of broth, um, that was fine. I was having about 100, 200 meals a day, but since this coronavirus thing came up, that I can increase my broth and promote that and have 500 meals a day. So I'm having a lot more broth and just, um, but using that method, I found my histamine levels came up and then I started getting all these reactions. So I, uh, the psoriasis coming up. So now I've switched gears to when I make the broth, I put it into um, these silicon containers and freeze it. 
so that way I can have it daily. So it's all frozen straight away. And now I'm going to switch experiment to get into using the pressure cooker, which does the slow cook stuff really fast. So instead of 24 hours, I can do it in four to six hours, the slow yeah. cook, um, and get the same kind of tenderness and all the collagen all coming apart. And then the broth I can do in you know six hours instead of two days. Uh, to make it that way so that way I can and then straight away after I finish it I freeze it so I don't get histamines raising which is quite um, a big issue for a lot of people and they don't even realise it most people think of histamines and antihistamines and they think okay just sneezing a red you know just like kind of last block sinuses or whatever but it can manifest in all different ways in any tissue in the body mm. and for me it wasn't so much that I do get it I've got a a reaction if I have eggplant. And I always sort of was like nightshades with the issue because I get it with tomato and eggplant. Uh, but um, I get that top of my mouth and just this kind of feeling like it's really swollen in my mouth every time I have eggplant. But it turns out, you know, eggplant is also one of the histamine stimulators. And I get it now, I get it from avocado, all these different foods that I used to be, you know, histamines are something once they come up to a certain yeah. amount then you, you've reached your threshold, then yeah. all the things that raise it slightly, you get a reaction. Yeah. And that's what, what was happening with me because I was having broth and I was experimenting with all the kind of carnival transition foods that are supposed to be the safest you know, kind of autoimmune paleo type foods. Um, but even, you know, even lemon and uh, avocado was getting a reaction. So now I'm down to carrots, zucchini, bok choy, they all seem to be fine. Right. And then this pressure cooker will come hopefully today and arrive so I can get into that, get that going and have a good system for um, helping people that are out there. Because most people don't even realize what's happening in their body and they just think, you know, I'm just getting old and it's just, you know, just I've just got to live with it. But, um, you know, I've gone through enough healing and just refined things to know that there's so much that you can do with nutrition. Uh, and it's not just for, you know, body composition but all the joints in your body you know I've got a significant neck injury from overtraining where I've you know bulged this quite bad and I've got significant degeneration and I do a lot of mechanical things to help that and I'm so good with the mechanical side of it that I've managed to make it worse because I've warm up properly activate all the right tissues all of that but since doing this carnival thing my inflammation levels and I've had all my blood work done before and after and it's phenomenal you know, the low levels of inflammation that you get from doing this um, and then just being able to have these nutrients in the system to rebuild tissue and to make the muscles as healthy as possible so that they function optimally to stabilize the joints is phenomenal. Will you, will you continue to reintroduce veggies? or will you Yeah, well, I, I, I want to develop a method for people. Like, obviously, the goal is not to... I don't want to recommend people just eat meat and just eat cows and nothing else and it was surprising to me i thought i'd be bored with it but after after doing it for a couple of weeks i just fell in love with it i just felt so good and maybe it's just because i felt good but i didn't feel like i was missing anything and i still don't like i can eat that way and i feel good but what i know is that from the feedback from everyone people just think i'm nuts and crazy and whatever um i've got to find a method that i can help more people with so an elimination diet process of being a mate being able to make the diet as broad as possible, but a process of understanding your own body and how you take everything out and add back things one at a time, you know, the five day cycle or three to five day cycle. So you really feel what is this food doing for me? 
but, but, that, but that, Aaron, that requires yeah. that requires a sort of high level degree of uh, of awareness, body awareness. Yeah, which for, for a lot of a lot of people that's kind of um, dulled down because points. of poor sleep or lifestyle choices or you know. So to to yeah. really sort of understand what a carrot does to your body you, you've got to have a, a, a really good baseline you know you can't be drinking yep. you can't have poor sleep oh, do you know if what i mean you're just got all these stimulants you don't know what's doing what no. that's why like i i love all these biohackers and all these people trying to put stuff out there but you look at something and and i i enjoy the work of dave asprey and being Greenfield, but here's my beef with them or whatever you know is that they're, they're on that many different supplements yeah how do they know what's doing what? You know, they yeah. go, oh, you know, I took this and I could feel this different. And I'm sure when you're doing one thing at a time, you can figure it out. And that's what I found with this why I felt it was so good because I basically, I kept to the same training program and the same kind of routine every day um, that I had, you know, it's on a weekly rotation. This is what I'm teaching online now for free for everyone is what I do and how I teach uh, in the studio and sharing that with everyone. But then the food thing was 800 grams a day, two meals every day, exactly the same. So any little change outside of that, I had so much sensitivity to because I got yeah. this kind of baseline that's well, the same every all day. the other things. But when yeah. you're taking it, and I had no supplements in that time besides, uh, the only supplement that I had was salt, uh, Celtic sea salt. And part of the reason of that is that people aren't drinking the blood of the animal the animals that they're eating are drained of the blood so they don't get it there. They're not drinking, you know, water from natural springs and streams. I'm having filtered water and adding the minerals back in. So I yeah. put the Celtic sea salt in there as well as the magnesium I have every day because the soils are depleted. So the roots that are going down in the soil to pull those minerals out aren't getting that magnesium because it's just not there. So I supplement with that. So that's my kind of on the um, supplement side was that's all I did for that eight months because I wanted to really understand it. Now I've integrated since this corona thing, I've increased my vitamin D, 3K2, which is a supplement that I used to use before that. And um, what else am I having? Uh, just that. I have a bit of potassium chloride occasionally just to bring the potassium levels up. Um, but that's they're all there in the meat. If you're getting good quality meat, animals help you, yeah. whether they're but um, the whole supplement thing, you know, when you're having that many different things, you know, and that's someone who's very healthy and in tune, they're being Greenfield the Dave Asprey, but then you look at people that are just, you know, every day is different, they're just shoveling all different things yeah. in their mouth, just stimulants here and there, got all these different stresses, you know, every day is just a bombardment of the senses. So yeah. it's very hard to quieten that noise enough to, I question how much um, someone like Ben Greenfield is helping people. You know, I think he's he's quite. Well, it's confusing for a lot of people because it's so. He is great in terms of he does offer you know simplistic versions in his books and say these are the bare minimum da da da. But then it also confuses people and it also makes people feel like they're not doing enough. Yeah. And then when they're cashing in on it, and it's like, you know, they're cashing in on their supplements and they've got to make money, I get that, everyone does. But I just think for me, like, I've had heaps of opportunities. I, I've had been asked when my gym was doing really well, and obviously now it's not so <laughs> profitable, <laughs> like all gyms. But at the beginning, like when you would have came in here first, I had over 
350 members in a space um, and it was just huge turnover just right. doing so well I had offers all the time people want to franchise this and do this and, you know opportunities to make money um, but I just wanted to stay true to what the model is and I've always said just copy and write about what I'm doing so uh, and that's what I want people to do I, I'm just believing this connection to an ecosystem to moving the body well and I and my greatest moment as a coach is when people leave me and do the workouts for themselves at home. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's 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 the best compliment. That's the best thing I could do as a coach is empower people to do it for themselves. I don't need dependency. And the reason why I'm going on about this is that in terms of supplements, like I don't want people to be on a pay plan where they've got to keep buying supplements. I just I want people to have a whole food connection to a farm that they know and they've visited. That's my goal. You know, I don't, I don't need to be making money. I want to see people all over the world, everywhere, have a direct connection to their food supply. But, but I don't also, need to be like making it's a, it's money a bit, from that. Can... I just need for them to be doing it. And that's, that's my goal right there. That's how I measure my success. If I can get more people to make that connection and look after their body and move their body well and just be inspired by what I say or do or hopefully by what I'm doing to go out and make that choice, make the connection get to know the farmer or become a farmer that's what we need you know or make a business in that supply chain line from the from the soil to the consumer somewhere along there whether you're a delivery person or whether you're just coaching people how to eat better and prepare food better but something that makes that heals that disconnect that we have mm. it's well, just I, that's I, where we need to make the money i think um the sort of fixation on supplements um, sort of goes back to my point that people want to want a quick fix, but the supplementation yep. should be once you've you know looked at your diet and it's predominantly whole foods and it's ethical and sustainable. Oh, you get yeah. getting you good sleep. That first. You know, get then, training. Then it's supplementing that. It, it's, but that's how many the, that's the one two percent. The re the rest will occupy about you know eighty five ninety percent of your of your optimal health. Like focus on yep. that. But the thing is that yep. that's an attitude change, that's a mentality, yep. all that type of stuff takes takes time. And some people have done enough damage that the supplements warranted because you know the food supply it doesn't matter if they'll you know they're uncomfortable, they're in pain. It's the same with medical drugs. I don't have any problem with medical drugs if they're used intelligently. Yeah. You know that if they're you know whatever someone needs to do, having surgery, whatever you know, but exhaust your other options first. Mm. You know sleep well eat well mend your relationship with your father your friends whatever it is that's beating you up on the inside you yeah. know work on those things yeah. exhaust those options first and then and then entertain the other things um but you know people aren't doing the work and if you're compensating and you they, they help you dig a bigger hole that's the problem i have you know like yeah. if you if you are moving in a bad way that degenerates your spine, you're not eating well, and you have a surgery, you feel amazing. You just go back to doing what you're doing. You think, oh, you know, it's just my genetics. Mm. You know, it's just, you know, it was somebody else, or it's just that tackle that I got in that game of football that ruined my back, or it's mm. just that one lift that I did incorrectly in the gym that ruined my, no, it wasn't, it's your whole life, man. Mm. <laughs> it's an acute, even in an accident, in a car accident or whatever, okay, there's an acute moment, but your ability to recover from that you know, if you eat well, sleep well, look after yourself, you recover so much better and your body can heal it. I've seen amazing things with people. Yeah. I mean, Anthony is probably the most um, public thing 
document and one that people know about and and some people have linked it back to me like yourself but and, and my coaching but you know he did the work you know yeah. he was just an easy client to train yeah know? sure it, we just clicked and he just it made sense to him and fortunately he grew up on his um on a on a large block of land out of out of richmond and his parents still there but, but anyway they had farm they had a farm had goats had you know livestock and they had you know grew all their own veggies and you know that italian heritage of growing your own food and preparing your own food home-cooked meals he grew up with that so he had a relationship there and a connection and obviously when he moved to the eastern suburbs and he became a famous football star all that went out the window right. but he still had a memory of it so when i explained all of that stuff to him he's like man that's how i grew up that's what right. i did that's what my parents gave me we ate organ meats we did these things and it's just you know it's just like the lights went on it's like and that's when i stopped doing that's when i stopped performing that's when i started feeling worse that's when it's like you know something in me was disappearing and it slowly went away and i wasn't recovering as well it's like he just got straight onto it and he just did all of it and he was just like a load of weapon and he just healed himself and he managed to play and kept playing even though he's you know he's had another back surgery since because he's done so much damage he really needed surgery then um but even with the severity of his condition at that time, he was able to turn on all the muscles, make them really heavy, healthy, and improve his level of inflammation and, and heal his body to the point that he could still go out there and tackle, you know, and have these massive guys attack him, even though he had no disc left. He was basically bone on bone when, really? he, was, when he won the premiership and, you know, captained wow. it and did all those amazing things. He, his spine was, you know, what most people would be you know, lucky to get out of bed for he was there playing the hardest game on the planet at yeah, the highest wow. level wow. and performing at that level because all these muscles were so healthy around it they just held it in position and yeah. he was able to compensate effectively and that's why he's done so well with the surgery because they went in there and so healthy around it mm. it just worked well and that's and that's a story that i you know i get clients that come to me for back issues and they need surgery so i just you know say look you know let's get you in the best shape of your life before you have the surgery and the surgery works really well but don't have a surgery and skip out on doing the work because mm. you, you'll feel better, but you're just going to end up in the same place. Mm. You know, it, it's the same if you have a supplement and it's on top of doing all these healthy things and yeah. it'll help you regenerate the body and heal. But yeah. if you just take it, compensate, you just end up digging a bigger hole and it makes it worse. Yeah. So Aaron, I'm, I'm conscious that we're going to get booted off. I don't know why we haven't yet, which is obviously a good thing. I've got the premium version, so it should keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've got the I've, I've got I've upgraded but I, but I, to. I'm the host. Does that affect that? Huh? No, but no, it doesn't matter because you're, you're, I'm I'm paying for that service, oh, so thanks, it mate. should be fine. <laughs> I, it won't it won't kick me off, and I'm in connection with you, so it can't uh, kick me off. Okay, I'm I've, I've been sort of mindful of the time, yeah. but oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so that's that's cool. Let's that, that that that's still heaps of cool stuff anyway. Where um, I I just want to get across to obviously your, your gym's not open at the moment but i want the yeah. listeners to to check you out um and join your sessions because i've done a few now and they yeah, are cool. you know I, I i train you know several times a week and have done for all my life yeah yeah but i've never trained in a way that i have when i'm training with you now which is kind of it's good to be challenged it's good to do something different it avoids staleness um and I've normally done my workout by the time you finished your warm up. That's sort of yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm in and out, and you know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do any stretches. Yeah. So 
So you do Monday to Saturday, nine o'clock live Facebook workouts, origin of energy. You'll yep. probably need a massage ball. A oh, you just need this. So look in the back here. I'll tilt this camera up. Um, that's all you need. Is a te- or you can use a tennis ball instead of a massage ball. I mean, you can order a, one of these online. Yeah, good luck with um, that. You can at the use moment. a foam roller or just your trusty water bottle, your clean canteen. Ideally, have this one of these for life, stainless steel one, yeah, and then you can wrap something around it so it's got a bit of traction instead of it sliding around. And then you just got a towel. And if you, the intro and all the videos shows you, now I've actually got two tea towels to make it longer. So that's just got two knots in it on one side. Close it all, move it over towards the end. I just got a knot in that. And the tea towel, you can do all your movements with that, or your pulling movements, obviously all your pushing movements. But that, that's the gym, man. That's that's all you need. Yeah. Um, you no, know, I, I love it. I, I I've always been big on just not increasing people's overheads and making things more complex than what they need to be. But even if someone's watching, you know, it's live there 9 a.m. Um, in Sydney time or plus 10 UTC, so anywhere in the world that's live. And then you can watch the replays after. And then I tell people uh, 40 minutes into the session is when the main full push legs start. So people that just want to get into a workout, they can just fast forward to 40 minutes and it'll rough. Sometimes I'm a little bit late, but it's roughly that pulling, pushing and leg movement. If you just do that well, you'll get amazing results. You know, you don't have, like all the other stuff is just to help people get to know their own body mm. and to, Well, that's, you know, you that's can, the stuff that I'm finding valuable actually. Oh yeah, totally. But sometimes just to get people started, I like to keep things simple. Like my wife, she's gonna come on and do the live thing, but you know, she, you know she, her, her perspective on what she needs to do for moving everything is different from mine. And she, I, I, you know, it's very hard to co- coach your partner um, anyone that yeah. tries, you know, no one likes being told what to do, and, and especially being told what to do by the person you've chosen to spend your life with. Yeah, um, <laughs> it doesn't go down well. <laughs> no. But you know, I've taught her just basically pull, push, leg workouts, um, ten minute workouts. That's all she's really done uh, yeah, in right. the time that we've been together. I never forced her through these long uh, deals, and and then she's going to come on and do it with me. It'll be interesting. But you know, she's got an amazing result just by doing that. It works so well, it's just simple. Because yeah. even if you're only doing um, you know, a pull-up, but then you're using a pull-up as a stretch at the bottom, stretching out. And then at the bottom of that, I'm patching my spine and activating. And then you're doing a push-up, but the bottom of the push-up is a chest stretch. And then you're doing a squat. The bottom of the squat is a squat stretch. You know, If you do all the main movements, pulling, pushing, and leg movements, and do them through a full range of motion, you'll stretch and strengthen your workout. I've got heaps of YouTube videos on how to train one day a week and do it effectively to get amazing results. And I've done that. I've got clients I've had for 20 years of training one time a week and they, they get results because they yeah, just do right. the basics. And then on top of that, they might do a little bit of massage or stretch out a little bit here and there, go for some walks, eat well, sleep well, you know, just really basic things. But my big thing with doing this free online thing is obviously my businesses change now and I have to try and convert to online but also is that I want to inspire all the other coaches out there because I get messages every day on oh, my business is ruined I know da, 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 da. man we've got more need there's more desire than ever before and this online platform is just such a good way to reach more people because if you look at the stats you look at America they've got in terms of metabolic health 
12 percent are meta- metabolically healthy in their whole population 12 percent and even under the age of, I think it's under the age of 25, it's only 25% of those people are healthy. That's why they, that's why this corona thing's hitting them. They've got no immunity. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that study was done. And what they looked at was central adiposity. They looked at blood pressure, triglycerides, and they looked at uh, HDL cholesterol and your abdominal girth. So they looked at those as a measurement to state, figure out, are these people metabolically healthy? So if they're out, if they have one of those five things out of the norm, then you know they're metabolically unhealthy, um, and that's scary, man, because they're just time bombs. And the thing is that once you've got that level of unhealthiness, so you've you've got those risk factors there. If you've got hyperinsulinemia, you've got any type of metabolic derangement like that, you. And, and especially with insulin resistance, you increase the amount of ACE2 receptors in the body. And this means that that coronavirus, when it comes in, it has more receptors to bind to. Mm. So those people that, you know, America is just a time bomb waiting to go off. It's so scary, mm. this whole thing, because it, it will just ravage those people. But the good news is just from one day of integrating, you know, just having two or three meals rather than snacking all day, you can improve your blood sugar and improve just from that bit of fasting, if you take out the carbohydrate out of your diet and reduce it dramatically, get into the good animal fats, you can improve your blood sugar instantly. Mm. You can improve your insulin instantly. Mm. You do these workouts like I'm doing online and just put a little bit of muscle mass on and get active. You improve all those risk factors dramatically. Just in a space of a week, you could reduce your risk of getting corona. Just you know, I don't know what the exact stats are on how much, but it reduces it dramatically. And so why not? Like, I just look at the situation and there's two things. You know, you're either going to get corona eventually or you're going to hide away from it and not have it. But either way, you want to be as healthy as possible. Yeah. Because if you, if you do come in contact with it and you are healthy, your immune system is more resistant, you won't get it. But if you do get it, you want to be able to get over it. And the criminal thing is that all these people that end up, once you get on the ventilator and you're in hospital and they need, some places are starting to change it. You're on blood, you're just on a drip or you're getting um, food um, while you're on the ventilator, but it's coming into the body. Guess what they're feeding them? Mm. Carbohydrate. Yeah, sandwiches. So it's making them worse. It's making their, their, their ACE2, ACE2 receptors are increasing the longer they're on that food supply. So they're feeding them carbohydrates and just junk. And that's why we've got to get everybody off the vegetable oils. We've got to get them off all the processed carbohydrates. We've got to get them on whole foods to heal their body and improve their immunity and, and just reduce their resistance to all different viruses, not just this one, because we're going to have more that come around. This is the beginning. You know, the, and the viruses will keep evolving, keep adapting, keep mutating. And we're, we've got to make our bodies healthy. So do you, important. Do you, do you think this uh, episode of uh, this virus will, I mean, it's clearly shaped how you communicate to your audience. Do you think yeah. that'll that'll have a ramification once everything goes back to normal? Do you think you'll do more of these sort of online uh, This sessions? is more powerful for me, without a doubt. Yeah, right. I mean, I can reach more people. I, and I, I'll have my studio. Um, I just don't see how gyms are going to go back depending on how long this lasts. I mean, it, there's different scenarios. One scenario is that we get herd immunity. So if we can get as healthy as possible, get all those healthy people out there, they get it. Um, 
and they get over it. And we get more of those people out there, then that's herd immunity. And, and once they hit a certain percentage of population, we'll get through it. We'll get through it faster that way than we would with waiting for a vaccine. And it's scary, the whole Bill Gates kind of approach to this, you know, he just wants to get it out there as quick as possible. Um, and that's, that scares me because, you know, like, and to mandate the vaccination, you can't get on a plane, whatever, without having the proper testing, the proper data, because we still don't know how many people have had it and got over it. Yeah. Um, that are relatively unaffected. We yeah. don't know that data yet. So yeah. to make a decision to vaccinate without proper testing um, is, you know, that, that's, that's just too risky for me. And it looks like the vaccines that they're developing, and I'm, I'm not anti-vax, I'm all for vaccinations that save people's lives and reduce diseases and allow people to, to live um, and be healthy. But when we have vaccines that have a potential side effect that could be worse than the disease, that's something that we have to, and we have to really uh, do the research on it and get the data on that before we go ahead. But in saying that, if we look at the data, we don't have the data to know how many people have actually had this virus that are asymptomatic, how many people have gotten over it that just had a simple or whatever didn't realise they have it, and how much does getting healthy improve your resistance to it and also help you get over it? Yeah. And to me, it's like let's exhaust that. Let's get the world healthy. Like that is the most obvious solution. And if I'm doing this type of work like this and I can reach more people and all the trainers out there that are going through this situation right now, switch to this, we can, we can put a dent in this thing faster. And if we get enough people healthy and then we go down that path of herd immunity where more people get it, get over it, then we can get our economy up and running faster. Yeah. So but depending on how long that takes, if that's going to take longer we might see that people just don't want to go into a gym again they're that scared if the imagery that they're seeing online and there's that much fear around it which is the biggest enemy at the moment is the fear so i just try and get people just get healthy don't get scared yeah like, this is a virus yes it's worse than the flu I and mean, no one's denying that yes people are dying but if you look at the data on it so far it shows that all those people are either old or and or metabolically unhealthy yeah and that's why they're at such greater risk that all the young people that are getting are metabolically healthy so until we have that data and i'm not saying this is the cure for corona and you know yeah, like I don't, shouldn't worry I don't, about it but i'm just saying let's let's prioritize but fear what is it doing to our immune system all this fear it's yeah. hurting us it's yeah. suppressing the immune system yeah i mean so, i mean that de definitely is your best defense to be as healthy as you possibly can be even if you get the virus, the can you know the symptoms, yep. you reduce the but even so, severity. Like, like, well, coming back to trying to because I'm always on tangents, but looking at this whole thing in terms of a business model for coaches and everything, and going what's going to happen after. I mean, I can't see gyms being the same way, and if they are, they'll be heavily regulated now. The insurance premiums, all of that, like the way the sanitization, everything. I see all of that yeah. stuff changing depending on how long this thing goes for and how yeah. much fear there is. Um, the large commercial gyms, it's going to be different. People yeah. are going to, you know, some people will be all right and they'll be okay, we'll go back to normal. But there'll be a certain amount of fear um, around this, depending on how it pans out. But in terms of, like, I really enjoy this. Like, I have one-on-one -on -one consults with people in their, in their homes and they walk me through. We get their home gym sorted out. We go into their kitchen. We have a look in the fridge. And now I'm more connected to these people yeah, than right. when I was when I was coming into the studio because I'm in their house i'm setting up their home gym space so that might be someone who's been training once a week 
in the gym in the studio here for for a long time but now they're getting better workouts at home and they're getting more consistency because yeah. i got into their house yeah you're seeing what's you know, in the I've fridge in the pantry virtually, you know they're yeah. on their phone but they, yeah. i saw their fridge and there's a stronger personal connection this is where i see there's so much potential for all these trainers are out there that are freaking out because their businesses are going to crap or whatever there's so much potential not just these huge you know zoom classes that are I mean, that's cool too. I'm doing that where it's an interactive class with, with Zoom or they're just doing like a live thing like I'm doing and then they're just getting people to pay for a live. But it's that's just a follow along. I mean, I'm doing it, I like it, but that interaction is what people need. And that's where there's huge potential because I can have people following me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, that's great. There's a stimulus there, but um, it's still a follow along. There's still potential, risk potential, but it's not individualized. It, yeah. So whereas when I do a Zoom class, I've got up to twelve people in it. I can see everyone, and I can yeah. I can cue them. This is what you need to do, just like I would here in a studio. Yeah. And if it's a one-on-one session, I can really cue them, and I can connect with them emotionally. It's not ideal, but I heard that that you know there's that thing going around that said you know we're physically disconnected, but socially united. Mm. You know, if we can do this right, let's use technology is a tool to keep that going and i just see there's so much potential for this online thing there's never been a demand you know if i wanted to build an online business before there was yeah, there was demand there but not like there is now yeah like to, to get healthy but also to use the online medium like there's half, all my clients that are doing these online classes with me now there's no way they would have done it before so yeah. i just come to the studio why would i but, do but, that but i think Whereas i think I think credit, credit to you is that with everything that you do, you, you're consistent. I see that with your message and your philosophy, but also with these Facebook Lives, like Monday to Saturday, 9 a.m., you're there, and I don't think you've sk- skipped a beat. You. So you've got, you've, that consistency, I think, is key because people rely on you to, to be that daily workout and to yeah. hear your philosophy. So I, I think, I think that's, that's all credit to you. Um, yeah. Good on the well, it's credit to, to, to the farm that I get my meat from. It nourishes me. It inspires me. It, it, it fuels me. It, it, it's a credit to this planet, to all of us. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's so beautiful. And people, you know, they just don't realize what this is. It's all for all of us, you know. Yeah. Well, good on you, Aaron. Yeah, man. All right, well, I'll be I'll be joining in for sure tomorrow. I might even do today's one a bit later on. Um, I'm doing all, all right. I can to introduce people and friends and family to your sessions. Um, so good on you, mate. I, I've I've been a long time admirer. I really dig your message. Um, you've clearly used your yourself as a case study uh, and proven time and time again that it's all about good nutrition, whole foods, rest, recovery, sleep, all the rest of it. So good on you, Aaron. Keep Cheers, doing. Man. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, man. Have a good one. Take care. Mm-hmm. Cheers, guys.